Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Take a Shot with Mem Joy Emma. I am your girl, your host, Mem Joy Emma. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening to today's episode, I hope you're listening with some love, some joy, some hopes, and peace. If you are not, well, then you already know the drill. I am sending that your way right about now. Cause I'm more than just a woman I'm more than just a person I got all these dimensions Y'all, I am so, so excited about today's episode Specifically because it is an interview. And y'all know I haven't done an interview in a little bit of time. And so I'm so excited that this interview is jam-packed with so much goodies, especially if you are somebody that is considering buying a home. Ooh, this this interview is really good because the person that I interviewed, Karen J. Owens, spills a lot of tea and really, really gives us some insights that I think for people who are getting their feet wet, this is definitely a great resource. And I know that I learned so much and I know that you will too. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Karen J. Owens, y'all. Karen J. Owens, like I said, is a real estate agent. Um, not only that, but she does real estate consultation, business consultation. She does speaking engagements. She has a master of divinity degree from Regent University. Um, she is a U.S. Army officer and she is a podcast host. So this girl does a lot and she really is the real deal. And so I'm excited because she talks about her journey. As you can see, Homegirl does a lot and she does a lot well. So we talk about her journey to purpose and how she was able to identify her gifts and and walk in that. And then also, like I said, she gives, if you are a first-time home owner, you're considering buying a home, she gives some tips that I literally have not heard that I believe will really be helpful for you. So I'm going to step out of the way and I'm going to let you hear this jam-packed conversation Conversation with Karen J. Owens. Enjoy. Take a shot is basically about identifying your God-given gifts, your God-given purpose, and taking that step of faith and walking in it. And so purpose is really, really tied to this podcast. It's one of the main reasons why I started this podcast. So I know purpose means a lot of different things to a lot of people. And so I want to know for you, what does purpose mean to you? How do you personally define what purpose means? Yeah, so I believe purpose is what, one, it has to help other people. It has to benefit the people that are around you. And then mm-hmm. two, it should be something within yourself that you, literally you cannot get away from no matter how hard you try. It's something that even if you don't even try to do it, it's just something that just comes natural to you by, again, by helping other people. So whether it be, you know, speaking, whether it be, um, you know, helping and serving, even me as a real estate agent, whatever the case may be, I just believe that it's something that you cannot get away from. It, it, it keeps you up at night. It's something that Mm. gives you energy and passion. Um, It just, it, it, it lights you. 
Yeah, yeah, that's good. Do you feel like you are walking in your purpose right now? Yeah, so for me, it's kind of weird because I feel that I kind of have a couple of purposes. <laughs> really? And, yes, um, yes. My main thing, though, is helping people. That's what I love to do. I love helping other people. I help. I love helping get them from point A to point B and and their life goals. Um, I help. I love seeing like a smile on people's face just by me being able to serve them in, in whatever yeah. way capacity I can. So when I say I feel like I have multiple purposes, that's kind of how I feel. So I, I do wear multiple hats, but in my life, mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing and giving back. If it's the ability to, again, put that smile on somebody's face or help Mm. them get to their point A to point B, then I feel like, yes, I am walking in my purpose. Wow. I love that. I love from the sound of it. It sounds like you're really about being a servant leader that you're ultimately now correct me if I'm wrong. But what I'm hearing is ultimately you your delight is to serve other people in the best capacity you can. And let me just tell you right now, in the climate that we are in 2020, we need more of that. So that is amazing. You seem to have identified your gifts when it comes to you. You talked about being involved in many things and I was looking you up and child, you are not to be toyed with. <laughs> you are a real estate consult. You do real estate consultation, business consultation. You do speaking engagements. You have a master of divinity degree at from U- Regent University. You are a U.S. Army officer. You are a podcast host. I mean, <laughs> should I go on? Because clearly I can. So you've identified all these things. Um, so I want to know, that's not quite easy. I think one of the, the main things when I talk to people, one of the main things they struggle with is how do I find what I'm good at? Um, and so for you, how did you identify this is what I'm good at and this is what I'm going to pursue? And then what gave you the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to try it. Even if I might be sure or not sure, I'm going to try it anyway. Yeah. So I, I love that question. And I love, um, again, helping people find that purpose because a lot of times people are lost. And I think the biggest thing, one, is having that relationship with God, most importantly, because, you know, we can do a whole bunch of things. And, and me and my husband, we actually also have our own ministry and, and we meet weekly here in the Hampton Roads area. Tap VA. <laughs> but we talk about that. You know, you can be filled with so many different things. You can have all these different titles. But if if it's not plugged into what God told you to do, you're still going to feel a sense of void. So in that sense of finding your purpose, making sure your identity is rooted in Christ first and foremost. Mm. And Mm -hmm. in that he will teach you. And I believe that one, our identity and our purpose, it can be multifaceted like myself, or it Mm -hmm. can change with seasons. It can change with different, you know, things that you're doing and change with, you know, maybe you may move from one city to another city. You can find different purposes in different seasons of life. And the main thing, like I said, if if you're not rooted in Christ, you're going to be lost. You're going to know, okay, what do I do now? And so that's why it's important to seek the father so that you can say, Hey Lord, what do you have for me in this season? What do you want me, what do you want me to do? What would you have me to have my hand in, in as far as advancing the kingdom of God? Cause that's the most important thing. I love Matthew 6, 33, where it says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness as first. And then all these mm-hmm. things will be added onto you. So all these things can be included in your purpose, all these things. Okay. What Lord should I be doing right now? What, what should my mm-hmm. hands be going to? And even mm-hmm. in my, as a business owner, I love the idea that, you know, I'm rooted in the kingdom first because I love the, the scripture where it talks about how Jesus was, he was with his disciples and they were fishermen and 
And they were, mm-hmm. out, you know, they were born as fishermen. They were doing their thing. They knew what to do. But there's one time when they're out on the sea and they, they weren't able to catch any fish. And Jesus told them, cast your net to the right side. And when they did that, they were not able to catch enough fish because it said that they, they wouldn't even come into the boat. There was so much fish. So right. in saying that, when we put our hope and our trust in the Father, He will direct our paths, no matter what we, no matter what we do, no matter you know what our we think our purpose is, no matter know any of those things. And it's important that we seek the Father and get guidance from Him, so that way He can tell us which way to cast our net. He can tell us which way to you know apply for a job, or if you have a business yeah. idea, He'll tell you exactly the the blueprint for that business idea. We have to be rooted in Christ, and, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah. So I have a question just off of that. What do you say to people who are like, yeah, you know, I've asked God a couple of times about what my gifts are and I'm not hearing nothing. Actually, I don't really like, is he hearing me? Like, I don't really think that I even know his voice. Like I know people, everybody keeps saying God told me to do this and that, but I don't really hear him and I can't really hear him and I'm frustrated. How would you advise somebody in that situation? Yeah. And there's definitely some seasons where it's like, okay, God, I don't know which way to go. Left the right. Should I do this? Should mm-hmm. I do that? And he, he's been silent. So what do you do in the wait? What do you do? What are you doing in, in the midst of not hearing from God? So one, I would say, okay, what does your prayer life look like anyways? Are you hearing from God in other avenues? Has God literally just been silent in every single area of your life? Or is it just mm-hmm. this one thing? Because if it's just That's this good. one thing, then I believe that God has grace and he gives us the ability to move. Sometimes he may be silent because he gives us the ability to move in whichever way that we want to, honestly. So God is not a God that, you know, everything is literally up to him. He gives us a little bit of flexibility to do things, right? And yeah. then he, I believe that he trusts us that which, whichever way we go, he'll back us up in it. So I've been in a situation yeah. like that in my life yeah. plenty of times. I'm like, God, should I apply for this position? Should I do this? Should I go for it? Should I? I'm also in the military. Like I said, last year, I, I had a season where I just, I didn't know if I was going to stay in or get out. I'm at my 10 year mark. So people say, well, do the 20, you know? And I just like, Lord, I don't know. Should I get out? Should I stay? He was absolutely absolutely silent when it came to that. Wow. (laughs) And in that, like I said, I believe that in his silence, he allowed me to continue to move forward and kind of make my decision based off of what I wanted to do. And in that, he's been backing me up. So I I decided to obviously stay and I've seen the favor of God even in it. So I've had different positions where he's opened up the door for me in these different avenues. So again, if you feel like God's not speaking to you in a different situation, Trust your heart. Trust that, you know, yeah. you are abiding in him, that he will he will back you up in the decision that yes. you make yourself. So it's yes. not it's not like he's that, you know, the, the supervisor who says, OK, you can only do this one thing. He's a God right. that is with us and he allows us to kind of choose some things that we, you know, we want to do as well. It's the desires of our heart. Yeah, I love it. And one of my favorite things that I've been saying last year and has spilled over into this year and probably will spill over to the rest of my life is God's got your back. Um, and I love that. I love that. Even you talk about even in seasons where you're like, I don't quite hear, I don't quite understand that you can step out in faith anyway and trust that God's going to back you up. And even if you make the wrong decision, you know, you know, air quotes, I'm using air quotes here, right. or, or you're not, he will align you back because God is really on your team. Um, and he really, I, this uh, a speaker, Sean Bowles, uh, always says like, he wants what you want, yes. you know, for you more than you want it. Like your dream, he like has more for you 
more than you even want. Um, and so he's just that good. And the one thing I think I want to stress to people is just like, God's really got you. Like he's got your back. So make the, the decision and go. And if it's not right, he'll reroute you. That's just exactly. you know how he does. Um, so I want to ask you, have you, um, Sarah Blakely, she is uh, the owner, I believe, of Spanx. And she talked about in an interview, she talked about the fear of failure. And specifically, she talked about how her father dealt with her when it, in regards to that. So her father, I think every day at the dinner table would ask her, what did you fail at today? Mm. So it became like norm to her to hear that and not to be afraid of failing and to know that failing was a part of the process. Um, and so I want to ask you, you know, as you are walking in all the, the beautiful things that you're walking in, have you failed at anything and how did you bounce back? Yeah, I, I think that's a good question. And to the, to the point of the young lady who, you know, her father asked her, what did she fail in today? Is like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really like that because <laughs> I feel like there. Do we really fail? Like, what is failure in general? Like, I feel like there may be some goals and some marks that you set for yourself, but is it mm. a failure or is it just that I missed the mark? You know, so I mm. feel like there's been things in my in my life that, yeah, I, I definitely I didn't hit the mark that I wanted to. I have goals that I wanted to achieve and I may not have hit it, but I don't beat myself up because, again, this is a journey. Mm. We're in a walk in life. We're, we're in a journey. I feel like that too many people take that stance. So I, I'm a failure. And that's what leads yeah. to things like the depression and mental illness because they feel like they they are a failure and instead of mm -hmm. looking at it as a failure we need to look at it as you know I missed that mark okay now how today how can I reroute myself and get back onto the the track that I planned for myself we have yeah. to you know the Bible talks yeah. about write the vision make it plain write the mm -hmm. vision you know if you fail the if you fail to achieve the goals that you want for yourself reroute yourself rewrite that vision and get back yeah. on the track right and then tomorrow okay yeah. each day look at it okay this is what I need to do in order to get there. So of course there's been places in my life where I didn't hit where I wanted to. So I just, again, rewrite myself, go harder the next day, um, get accountability partners to help you with reach that goal, whatever situation it may be. And then also giving yourself grace to know that, okay, well maybe like we were talking about earlier, maybe this, this, this isn't planned for me. Maybe this isn't in the car. Right. right. <laughs> like Lord, yeah. I tried it every single way. I tried it this way. I tried mm -hmm. it that way, but it's not, working what else can I do what what other avenue can I try Lord lead me to something else that will be successful for me and then going like I said going back to the Lord and asking him so that way we're not just being misguided or misled yeah. and getting back again getting back on the track is like is there's no no in my opinion there's no failure there's just rerouting yourself that's good. I love that perspective. I love that um, mindset because again, mindset is the way we see things and view things is really important to when we're walking and, and um, how, accomplishing the things that God has given us. So I love that mindset is I'm not failing. If anything, I'm being rerouted to where I'm supposed to be. So I actually love that. Um, so you are in real estate, of course. That's the main reason I have you here. And I'm not lying to you on Instagram, just seeing your posts and seeing um, just how you put your information out, out there and, and just the way that you work from, from the little I get to see on Instagram. <laughs> I have literally thought to myself, if I was still in Virginia or I, I lived in a North Carolina area, I would want her. <laughs> and so I want to know why you got into real estate, especially now. Um, a lot of people 
are getting into real estate now. So I actually want to ask your opinion as to why so many people are getting into the business um, and what was your driving force to get into it? Yeah, honestly, I when everyone asks me and I actually sit down and really ponder, I have no clue how I got into real estate. <laughs> really? At the time, okay. yeah. <laughs> at the time I was um, working at the Commonwealth Attorney's Office. I had just graduated from Old Dominion University and mm-hmm. my plan was to go to law school and I was going to get, um, I was already in the military, but I was going to become a JAG officer in the army. And so I was working, like I said, I was working at a, um, law office in here, in Norfolk, Virginia. And I just was at a place where I was seeking the Lord. I was really, I had rededicated my life that summer and I was just really seeking him and the purpose that he had for my life. And I was like, you know what? I feel like this law thing is just not the direction that he has for me. Kind of like we were talking about mm-hmm. failure. I had just took the LSAT a couple of times. I actually took it twice and I wasn't hitting the marks that I wanted to. And I just sat there and I said, Lord, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? What do you desire for me? And um, me and my husband had just got married. We had actually just bought a home and the process wasn't, it wasn't great. <laughs> we had a, an agent mm-hmm. who kind of lied to us in retrospect, lied to us a couple of times. And I had a oh, friend wow. who was like, you know, um, I had the opportunity, even though I didn't do well, I had the opportunity to go to a law school in North Carolina. They were going to allow me to do a summer class, um, you know, and kind of prep myself. It was like a prep class, I guess, and then go into law school that fall. And um, he asked me, he was like, you know, but is this what God really wants for you to do? And in that, mm. in that, you know, people will look at it in that failure of, OK, well, you didn't get accepted directly into law school. In that failure, I was like, okay, Lord, um, I don't know. I just feel like, am I chasing law school because of stature, money, you know, fame, these different things? Or is that what you really desire for me? Is this your real purpose for me? And in that moment, I realized that, no, I was just chasing it for worldly possessions and, 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 you know, a a title, really. And in that, Mm -hmm. he just, you know, showed me that his real desire for me was to serve people. And that was my desire. I covered up, you know, being a lawyer as saying that I wanted to serve people, which I'm not saying that lawyers don't serve people. But what he had for me was, and I, I said that, God, I think it's different that I wanted to be more on the forefront. I wanted to be more of hands on. And I saw as a, as I was working in that um, law office, that it would kind of be hard for me to do that because the lawyers that I was working for, they were busy 24 seven. They were mm. you know, working morning to night. They stayed late at night. They were coming in on the weekends doing work. There wasn't a lot of free time. And so in that God just allowed me to, you know, I guess real estate just kind of popped into my head and and it was an opportunity and a vehicle. And I, when I got my test, I did all all the, um, the testing and schooling for it. Everything went so smoothly. It was an opportunity for me to be able to serve other people in that aspect, help them in, um, I really call it, um, marketplace ministry. So when I got my real estate license, I started doing the work, I had the opportunity to bless other people so many ways. You know, some people even pray with them when it comes to get, you know, applying for the loans. And once we finally close on their home, how, you know, just a blessing for them to be able to, wherever they were before, get into their home and now move their family out of a situation that they were in. So really, I I believe God led me to real estate because it was an opportunity for me to like I said, wanting to serve other people and have that marketplace ministry and serve people in this way. So it really was a God idea, um, not an idea that I ever even imagined. (laughs) Wow. And that's so crazy that you 
you had the thought and you were just like, eh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take my shot. I'm gonna just try yeah. it. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just go for it. Uh, that's exactly why I'm so excited that I have you on here because that's another story just for people to be like, just step out and just do it. And I love how you followed your, um, you know, you were asked about being a lawyer and if this is really what you were supposed to do um, and that you really, you know, wrestled with that. And when another opportunity came, you, you decided to go for it. I really, really love that. And also shout out ODU alumni. Um, <laughs> I don't actually remember how I, cause I know I, I knew you from ODU, but I just don't remember how I knew you or anything like that. But um, when I heard you say ODU, I was like, yeah, right. That's right. So I was like, oh, whoop, whoop, whoop. right. So I want to talk to you about just giving some advice. I want you to share some of your expertise. I would like this podcast to episode to be something that maybe for first time homeowners who are literally just getting their feet wet. Um, I would like them to be able to see this, you know, as a resource. So please feel free to add any um, expertise that you have to any of these questions or, you know, add anything else, even if I don't um, ask those questions. But first of all, I'm going to ask you about renting versus buying. Um, Some people are pro one over the other. Mm -hmm. Um, Some love renting and, you know, say this is, you know, what's best for me and others say no buying and owning a home is your best option. How would you advise, advise a client who's kind of struggling between the two? Yeah, definitely. So obviously as a real estate agent, I am I'm pro buying, which only makes right. sense, but mm-hmm. I understand. So I would say if you're in a position, you're like, Hey, I don't know if I should buy or rent. First thing you want to do and and make sure you of is that you're stable as far as your income goes. So if you're in between jobs, you really don't know if you're going to have this job next. I would definitely say continue to rent because that way it's not to say easier to break. You know, you still have to pay your rent, but it's kind of less less. Um, I would say easier. It is easier to rent because you can you know rent just a room. You can rent you know like a, a basement mm-hmm. or a town. You know something else as far as having a mortgage where if you are ready to get out of it, the only option you have is selling it. So if you're un, if you're not stable, definitely um, continue renting. But if you're ready to you know you got a job and and, you're, and things are doing good, you want to take that next leap of faith in. And like I say, we, me and my husband, we are huge on building wealth and um, breaking the curse of poverty, <laughs> bringing the back yes. to poverty, we say. And love that. Building, yes. Building generational wealth for your family. And that's what real estate is all about for us. I believe mm. that doing, buying real estate is a way for you to be able to leave a legacy for yourself. So both me and my husband, we weren't, we didn't come from, you know, rich families or anything like that. Like I'm first time generation college student, college grad. My husband, he's like one of the first ones in his family as well. And so we just believe that we want to create a legacy for our our family and break the generational curses of it's only this one way. And so I yeah. believe that real estate is a way to do that. And like you had asked, you know, why are a lot of people getting into real estate? Because people are seeing it. Real estate is one of the most, um, I guess, avenue that's created millionaires in the world. So it's an industry that's created the most millionaires. Wow. And so people, yeah, a lot of millionaires, they, you know, whatever avenue jobs they have, they always come back to real estate to one, keep their, their, their money because it's a stable, um, economy, even though the market is tanking even right now, real estate is flourishing and it always will be because mm. people always have, need to live somewhere. Right. So yeah. if you want to take, so for example, say, you know, 
you want to buy a home, my suggestion to start building generational wealth, and this is what me and my husband are actually doing right now, instead of going out and buying your first home, make it your dream home, buy a either a multifamily or a home that you can rent out down the road because mm-hmm. that's the way that it okay. started first. So when you first buy a home as a first time home buyer, there is grant money out there for you to buy a home um, with no money down. So literally there, you don't have to put any money down to buy that home. Um, and I, t- and I was talking to another client the other day, you know, she was considering renting and I told her, I said, okay, well, how much are you looking to spend a month? She said, 1500. I said, wow, $1,500 a month. That's a lot. And we can find you something that you guys can own for less than that. So your mortgage can literally, be like around 1211 depending on the obviously the kind of home that you buy. So instead of right. going out there and buying that dream home, buy a home that is something that you can rent like a multifamily like that has three units, four units, two units. So as a first time home buyer, you can do four units and under. So say you bought mm-hmm. a home that is two units. You live in one unit and then you have a tenant that lives in the in the unit next door to you. That's the first mm-hmm. way that you can become a landlord and now you're investing into real estate. So you're living wow. there, you live there say one year, two years, you have that tenant, he's helping, he or she's helping you pay some of your mortgage. They're helping you with your bills. So instead of your bills being super expensive, you have somebody actually helping you. They're not really your roommate. They're your next door neighbor, but you own the building. Right. <laughs> right. That's, oh, wow. That's amazing. Right. I've heard that. And then guess what? So after that year goes by, now you can, you can move out. You can find a tenant to um, continue to move into the place that you were living in and you can go buy your second one and that can be your dream home. Or if you just want to continue doing it, buy another unit. So that one, it may not be your, it may not be the no down payment, but you were able to save some money up hopefully. And then your second one can be an investment property. But the first property that you bought is being paid by your tenants. And hopefully that mortgage is going down. Hopefully you're building some equity into that property. You can refinance it and take some money out of it and then use that money to go and buy the second one. And that's how you start building some generational wealth. So you can't do that with renting. You can't move into a place and say, I want to take some money out of this property and, and go buy something else. Or you can't have somebody else paying for your, you know, your rent monthly, you can only do that with buying. So obviously, as you can tell, I, I definitely am a, an advocate for buying a home. Wow. You just spilled some major tea, some <laughs> major, major tea. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, for first time homeowners, I know you kind of tapped into this, but do you have any more to, I guess, advise when it comes to the first time, you know, considering purchasing a home, what should they consider? for the, for first time home buyers. Yeah. So some tips, obviously, like I said, making sure you have that stable, um, income coming in. Um, I always tell my clients to make sure you pay off. If you have any credit cards, pay it down to 30%. So if you, um, you know, if it's, you maxed out your credit card, you want to pay those down because paying down your credit card will dramatically increase your credit score. So if you have a credit score, you're like, man, I, I haven't seen it move, pay down the credit card, pay it down and your, your score will increase like maybe a hundred points, honestly, if it's maxed out. Um, also you want to make sure you have a good credit score. So try not to, especially if you're right now, you don't have, say you don't have any credit at all. If you do end up getting credit card, try not to get any late, um, payments, any judgments, any, you want to make sure you pay your bills on time. So if you're just starting out and you're, you're building up yourself, late payments are going to hurt you in the long run. So as much as you can, you know, say you're in a financial bind right now, 
call that um, collector before it goes to your credit and try to work a payment plan with them. So that way it doesn't um, affect your credit because judgments hurt you in in order to get that grant money that I was talking about earlier. So making Mm. sure that you're paying off those bills on time and say, say you, you know, it's too late. You do have those judges on your credit card, get with a, um, a credit repair company that can help you. Or if you want to, you can call the different credit bureaus and try to get what we call a pay for delete from your credit Mm. score. So that way they can delete that um, negative judgment on your account. So don't just pay it off because when you pay it off, it refreshes it instead. And now you have a paid collection account, which is still a negative. So you want to, again, Mm. like I said, call the company and you want to get it in writing ask them to pay for delete. So you're going to send a letter to ask them to confirm it through writing. And then once they confirm that they will delete it, then you pay it and have that actual inquiry removed from your, from your credit. So that's another step as a a first time home buyer, you want to have a good credit. We ask usually for, um, usually it's 580, but now with coronavirus, they're looking for more like 620, 640 credit score. Um, So Mm -hmm. if you can, if as a first time home buyer, 620, 640, a 640 will get you that grant money with no issues and you're good to go. So if you can get your credit score to around 640, um, you'll have one, the best, a good interest rate, and then also be able to get access to that grant money for first-time home buyers and not have to put a down payment down. So those are some some quick nuggets for first-time home buyers. Oh my goodness. I really, I really should be sitting here with pen and paper just writing everything. <laughs> I'm glad that we're, we're recording this. And I hope the listeners out there are getting their pen and paper because you really are helping us out in these streets. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is what? Okay. So people talk about the best time to buy a home. Um, and especially, I'm glad that you touched on this a little bit, especially with coronavirus and all that's going on in the economy. People say, well, in this economy is the best time and this economy is not the best time. Do you believe? there's such a thing and when is the best time to buy a home is there a best time to buy a home I've, I've actually heard people delay buying a home based on identifying the best time is that correct well i say as a buyer there there really isn't a specific best time the best time is when you're specifically already so you know everything lines up you have your credit score you have you know your um the savings everything looks good for yourself i think the biggest thing is having an agent that can negotiate the best terms for you because no matter what time we are in if you have a really good agent that can negotiate everything that you know that you need and want for you know as far as your your home then you're golden there's no reason to wait, you know, per season for a home. So like for me, for example, I just closed on a home with a client yesterday and I was able to get him all closing costs paid. He didn't bring any money to the table. He had a really good low interest rate and I got him a warranty and he got money back at closing. So okay, (laughs) having that agent that knows what they're doing is the most important thing. I think bigger than waiting for a specific time right now, the market is hot and um, mm-hmm. houses are flying off the market. So if some some people, I know I have had some clients who say, well, I don't want to deal with the competition. And th- I mean, that's perfectly fine. But it, like I said, it still can be done as long as you have an experienced agent that knows what they're doing, who can win an mm-hmm. offer for you. For example, again, I had a client the other day, we went into a multiple offer situation, but the agent picked my offer, obviously me and my client's offer over a, another offer that was higher priced than our offer. So again, having an agent that knows what they're doing can win you an offer, even in times right now where it's multiple offers and there's a lot of competition. Okay. All right. So you talked about, speaking of, you know, uh, having a realtor, you talked about having the best realtor that really knows what they're doing. Um, so for a first time home buyer, what should they be considering, you know, when they're looking for 
you know, a realtor, because at the end of the day, we want somebody that's on our team that really is really looking out for us. And so what are some of the things that are red flags and are green flags? Yeah, so I would say, well, not really red flags. Um, anyone really is capable as long as they're willing. But um, some mm-hmm. green, some green, green flags, like, yes, 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 I want to use this person is look at their mm-hmm. track record, look at their reviews. Like a lot of people I know, like <laughs> when you go to a restaurant, you look at reviews to see, you know, if that restaurant is good, all these different things. You can do the same thing. So a lot of agents, they should, I know I do, um, get reviews from their past clients. And so look them up on, you know, Google, um, Zillow. I usually say don't look, use Zillow for accuracy as far as home goes, but a lot of agents, their profiles on there and they'll have reviews up there as well from their past experience and past clients. Um, But another green thing that I would say is look for um, availability. You want to make sure, especially like I said, in this market where houses are flying off the market within hours and days that you have an an agent that's available. So not to Mm -hmm. knock any other, any other agents, but if your agent has, you know, another job or they just are, you know, say they're full-time working somewhere else and they're just doing it part-time, they may not be available to show you a house at two o'clock or 12 o'clock when that house hits the market. And if they're only available like after five or six and you are going to look at that property or only on weekends, that house may have already been sold. So you definitely want to get an an agent that's available to be able to show you a house when it's available. Um, And then also one that is just willing to negotiate with, you know, negotiate for you. So if you are, you know, wanting to do some negotiation, make sure you have an agent that has that track record, that has a history of being able to negotiate the best terms for you. So those are some just green things that I would look for. Awesome. Now I want to add one, I guess, a bonus question here. Um, For the person that's listening to this podcast and is saying, Actually, I, I've been considering getting into real estate, but I don't even know where to start. Where would you advise that person to start? Yeah, so every state has obviously real estate agents. <laughs> so um, I would definitely advise you guys to go to, you know, whether it be the local real estate school that they may have locally, um, our board, um, and even most different re- real estate companies, they have some kind of training and in class and course that you can um, advise or take take with you. So if you go to one of them, you can get the training as well. Um, if you're local to Virginia here in my area, Tidewater area, Alpha College of Real Estate, I I really recommend them. I, that's where I went. It's where I send other people. It's in class. There's also an online portion. But if you're like me, I like the in-class portion. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. going to them and doing the course, that would be the, the first step. So you have to get have to get educated. So do the course. Um, and then that way you can get um, your license. And then the second step is just to make sure you find a really good company that has good training for first time or for new um, real estate agents. So you want a company that, you know, will walk you through contracts that will walk you through the process. Cause besides just the learning, the education, you have to learn how to become a real estate agent after that. So you want a company that will really walk with you and show you the steps after you get your license. Wow. You have given us so much in this short amount of time. And I thank you. And I so, so appreciate you. And I appreciate what you do for others and your servant leadership, because that's it. Like I said, that's exactly what we need in this hour are more people who are focused on the needs of others. And I'm so honored and grateful to have you on the podcast and to have you share your expertise. I know I've personally learned so much from you in this short amount of time, and I'm sure um, the listeners have learned so, so, so much. So if somebody's listening to this right now and they say, Karen, I am, I 
really think I want to reach out to you. You know, I'm in I'm in the VA at North Carolina area and I want to reach out to you and and, you know, maybe even, you know, buy a home and, and all of that. Where can people find you? Yeah, they can find me. I'm on pretty much every single social media platform. <laughs> so my um my social media is sold by KJ, which is K-Y-J-A-Y's. Um, my name is Karen J. Owens. So I, I use that little KJ for that. Um, you can also find me on Facebook or like LinkedIn. My name is Karen J. Owens. Um, my website also is sold by KJ.com. So you can find me on like I said, any pre- pretty much any social media platform. Um, I'm, I'm available. Uh, I am full time <laughs> yeah. and, and willing to help you guys with your, your real estate needs. So and I definitely want to appreciate you for letting me speak on your podcast today in your platform. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yes. Thank you so much, Karen. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful um, day, week, and hopefully I'll have you again on this show because I, I generally enjoy this conversation. So I hope to have you again soon. Yes, definitely. Anytime. Didn't I tell you? Did I not tell you that that was juicy and so good? Next time I tell y'all something, y'all better believe me, okay? Listen, I hope that you got so much from that conversation. If you did, I need to go ahead and share it with your friends and family. Sharing is caring. Also, if you enjoy this podcast overall, then I definitely invite you to subscribe, to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, to rate and to leave a review when you do that. You just let others know that this podcast does exist. You already know I'm on social, at Emma. I am on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Adam M. Joy Emma, feel free to reach out on me on those social platforms, or you can reach out to me via email at takeshotpodcast at gmail.com. As always, I love you, I appreciate you, and I cannot wait to talk to you in the next episode. Bye.